the Tom Sumner Program. Old fashioned radio for a new generation. Oh, it's always a pleasure to be with you, Tom. You know that. Yay, Tom! <laughs> I love it in Flint! You're very astute, Tom. Tom, easy question. I'll debate Andy Dillon on your show. Well, oh, that's a very good question. Uh, Hello, darling. This is Elvira, Mistress of the Dark, with Tom Sumner. I'm all right, Tom. How are you? Hey, lucky team. <laughs> Ciao, Tom. How are you today? That's a good question. <laughs> Hi, this is actor, comedian Jonah Pody, and you're listening to the Tom Snyder, uh, Tom Smothers. Uh, I mean, I'm sorry. What's his name? Oh, Sumner. The Tom Sumner Program. Good morning, Tom. How are you doing? Hey, at least I got the Tom part right. The Tom Sumner Program. Old-fashioned radio for a new generation. Hi, this is Gretchen Whitmer, and you're listening to the Tom Sumner Program. Hey, on behalf Three of more Detroit, beats on the check. Hey, we want to present these buffs to our governor, hey. Big Gretch. Throw the buffs on her face, because that's Big Gretch. We ain't even about to stretch. We got Big Gretch. Woo. You can find her in the press under Big Gretch. Fresh in a new dress. Yeah, that's Big Gretch. Throw the buffs on her face, because that's Big Gretch. We ain't even about to stretch. We got Big Gretch. At all. You can find her in the press under Big Gretch. Fresh in a new dress. Yeah, that's Big Gretch. Come on. Big Gretch and this bitch playing no roles. At Excuse all. all the cussing. That's just how I get my flow on. For real. If you want to leave the state, you can stay gone. But right now, Big Gretch said stay home. All that protesting was irrelevant. Big Gretch ain't trying to hear y'all or the president. How we going to take orders from a non-resident? Talking about it safe, but he ain't coming with the evidence. Big Gretch got him shook now. When it's all over, you invited to the cookout. When it's all over, you deserve to get took out. Big Gretch with the bucks on on the lookout. Uh, and she doing it for Michigan, so when she hit the stand, everybody should be listening. She on that pair of bucks with the ice in them glistening. On behalf of the whole Detroit mission. Throw the bucks on her face, cause that's Big Gretch. We ain't even about to stretch. We got Big Gretch. At all. You can find her in the press. Under Big Gretch. Fresh in a new dress. Yeah, that's Big Gretch. Big Throw Gretch. the buffs on her face. Cause that's Big Gretch. We ain't even about to stretch. We got Big Gretch. At all. You can find her in the press. Under Big Gretch. Fresh in a new dress. Yeah, that's Big Gretch. Big Gretch.
They've seen his face before Nobody was really sure if he was from the house of
welcome back, everybody. This is the Tom Sumner Program, and uh, we're going to shift gears and talk this hour about one of America's historic newspapers, the New York Sun, which recently relaunched as an online daily with national and international coverage and an aim to help restore public trust in the press. Um, And here to talk about that, appropriately, is the publisher and chairman of the historic New York Sun newspaper, Dovid Ifun. Dovid, welcome to the show. Good morning. Thank you for having me. Pleasure to be here. Um, you know, this is this is one of those things. I, I when I first read about this, I thought, oh, good. A daily paper is coming back, and of course, I was thinking in the print version they fold up under your arm when you ride the subway or <laughs> jump in the car to go to work. Um, but this is um, the the Sun has had a couple of relaunches over its long history, which goes all the way back to 1833. Um, but this time, it promises a digital first approach yeah that's correct uh this is the actually the third coming of the new york sun so there is a long and exciting uh, history um but i think the approach was quite easy for us you know the decision about about how to bring the sun back to the american public i mean look the 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 the, the iconic masthead of the new york sun bears the immortal the immortal slogan it shines for all. And today, if you really want to shine for all, um, you want to be able to use platforms that can reach as many people as possible. So having it online was a no-brainer for us. We still haven't ruled out the possibility of doing something in print. Uh, we may have a, a weekend edition or something like that. But for now, we're, we're fully focused on building our uh, web platform and being accessible to all Americans and beyond. You know, to put it in perspective for people who maybe don't remember the sun, although it had a um, a, a short um, resurgence from 2002 to 2008, I believe. Um, what what are some of the the milestones of this paper? It started in 1833, ran basically without. A hitch until the 1950s. I think it it ended in 1966 yeah. and came back again in 2002. But uh, along yeah. the way, there were some pretty high-profile staff members and accolades and accomplishments of the paper. What are some of the the real highlights, the milestones of yeah. the Sun? <laughs> You know, this is something, it's a fascinating subject, and I'm very glad that you asked, and uh, there's a lot that we can that we can talk about on this front. It's really not a stretch to say that the New York Sun is really the most consequential newspaper in the history of American journalism, in the sense that a lot of what we take for granted about how journalism is conducted today was quite literally invented by the New York Sun. So just to give you a sense, now, when the Sun was founded in 1833, um, not a lot of people read newspapers. You know, they cost six cents apiece, um, but you couldn't just go and buy one on the street. The only place you could get a single newspaper was down at the printer. So 
you know, not a lot of people were going to go travel there. You could get these annual subscriptions that they sold for about 10 bucks. But that was, you know, a couple months wages for your average working man. And the papers, you know, would publish, repub print political speeches. They'd publish stock prices, the comings and goings of New York's harbor. But really, they were read by wealthy and the elites. They w the idea of a newspaper being something that everybody engaged in reading the news um, was completely foreign. And the idea of the Sun, which was founded as the first penny daily for a penny apiece, was that newspapers could be and should be in the hands of every person. And, you know, that could eventually have a tremendous positive impact on, on democracy, you know, an informed public can make better decisions. So when the Sun was launched for a penny a day by Benjamin Day in 1833, sold out on day one, he printed a thousand copies all by himself. And he had a little ad in the paper saying, you know, if anybody wants to help me distribute, you know, come by the printer. And the first person that showed up was a nine-year-old boy. And that was basically when paper boys were, were, were invented and that right was, there by the and, Sun. And that and was 1933 or 1833? 1833. Okay. 1833. Yeah, that, that, that was back in 1833. And from there, you know, the innovations continued. You know, since the paper was being read by, you know, common men and women, they needed the type of thing that common men and women would be interested in. So he sent one of his associates, a fellow called Weiser, down to the courthouse, and he wrote a report on all of the comings and goings of the courthouse. And that was when crime reporting uh, was invented. Um, and the paper went on to pioneer news syndication, human interest stories, the first personal ads, fashion coverage, even front page headlines. The idea of, of you know, using those to join readers were all pioneered by the Sun. Uh, the Associated Press was established by the Sun in its newsroom. Uh, it employed the first woman in American journalism. It, it became the most uh, read newspaper in the world. In 1897, it published Yes, Virginia, There is a Santa Claus, which became the most republished editorial in the history of newspapers. Um, this, one of the Sun's founders um, dug the first subway in New York City, invented a machine that built subways, and it was dug under the Sun's offices on Lower Broadway. The Sun gave an office to Jose Marti, and flew the flag of free Cuba over Broadway as well. So there is a uh, tremendous history. Um, Rube Goldberg was a cartoonist for The Sun. Rudyard Kipling was a foreign correspondent for The Sun. Um, Joseph Pulitzer worked for The Sun before starting his, his own newspapers. Edgar Allan Poe wrote for The Sun. So there really is a tremendous history uh, in The Sun, and it's really the history of of the United States. The Sun backed um, Lincoln during the Civil War, fought for, for the Union. It ran its first, um, it, it ran its first um, editorial on the subject of uh, emancipation, um, abolitionist editorial about three or four decades before emancipation back in 1833. So it really has been a, a pioneering newspaper all along the way. More about the recent relaunching of uh, America's historic newspaper, The New York Sun, with publisher and chairman Dovid Ifun. Straight ahead. Everybody's doing a brand new dance now. Hi, this is Mark Farner, and you're listening to the Tom Sumner Program. 
I'm Julie Lopez with Crime Stoppers. Have you ever wondered what to do if you have information about a crime or the whereabouts of a felony fugitive and you want the police to know but you need to remain anonymous? Well, here's what you can do. You can go to p3tips.com or download the mobile app. You can go to Crime Stoppers of Flint and Genesee County's Facebook page and click on the Leave an Anonymous Tip tab, or you can call 1-800-422-JAIL. All methods are anonymous, and if your help leads to a felony arrest, you may be eligible for a cash reward. Remember, your voice matters. Our fellow Americans. Right now, the COVID-19 vaccines are available to millions of Americans. And soon, they will be available to everyone. The science is clear. These vaccines will protect you and those you love from this dangerous and deadly disease. They could save your life. So we urge you to get vaccinated when it's available to you. That's the first step to ending the pandemic and moving our country forward. It's up to you. Do you ever feel like you need an attitude adjustment? Are you wishing there was a magic pill or a new app for your mobile device? Why don't you try live local music? Music can make you dance, bring back fond memories, inspire you to be more creative, whether you attend a child's school concert or recital, go to a local symphony concert, visit local bars and restaurants that feature dance music, sing-along piano, or jazz and blues. Music could be just what you're looking for. Supporting live local music is more than a way to support your local artists and economy. It's a great way to improve your own quality of life. Support live local music. This message is brought to you from the Tom Say, objection. Hi, Mom. What's up? Dana, what are you doing? Oh, you know, just, um, Attorney General stuff. Listen, I have a legal question. What is it, Mom? I just got a call from the water company. Apparently, your father has not been paying the bill. I guess they're going to turn the water off because we owe more than $1,000 now. Can you believe it? Actually, I can't. So listen, we just have to send them $200 in Edible Arrangements gift cards, and that will keep the water on. Now, here's the legal question. What is the website for Edible Arrangements? Mom, it's an imposter scam. Imposter scam? Is that .com or .edu? No, the call was a scam. Scammers will pretend to be a government agency or a utility company or someone else you might do business with. A big red flag is if they tell you that you can pay them using gift cards. So when in doubt, ask for the information to be sent to you in writing. And never give a caller or someone you don't know your personal information or your money. If you do suspect an imposter scam, report it to my office at mi.gov slash agcomplaints. Okay, all right. And Dana, where do I file a complaint that my daughter hasn't visited in over a month? Does your office have a website for that? Okay, Mom, I'm hanging up now. I'm Michigan Attorney General Dana Nessel. Visit mi.gov slash agcomplaints for your connection to consumer protection. Mm-hmm.
Hi, this is Deb Cherry, Genesee County Treasurer, and you're listening to the Tom Sumner Radio Show. More about the recent relaunching of uh, America's historic newspaper, The New York Sun, with publisher and chairman Dovid Ifun. Straight ahead. And that history, of course, speaks a little bit to um, a legacy of credibility. But in this day and age, how how do you get past the the mistrust that people have, not just in media, but in science and government, and um, there's there's just this general sort of lack of trust of anything that that purports to be official. Yeah. And, you know, what you're saying is exactly right. And I would probably say that you've hit the nail on the head in terms of the purpose of the sun, you know, why it's unique and why we've brought it back, because we are living in exactly that kind of environment. I mean, trust in the press, which is supposed to be, you know, one of the most fundamental institutions upholding our democracy and securing and enforcing our democracy has ebbed to historic lows. It's halved since polling started in the 1970s. Um, you have very, very large chunks of the American public who just don't trust the press, and as you say, don't trust a lot of institutions. You know, you have 54%, according to a recent Edelman study, that believe that journalists are deliberately trying to mislead them. And, you know, it's easy to sort of point and say, you know, this is about the politics, and obviously... There is a lot of politics involved as well. But, you know, we really see the, the source of that being this sort of widespread abdication of basic journalistic principles. Um, the first being the responsibility that the press has, the journalists have, the newspapers have, to put the interests of the public first. Um, you can disagree. You can still trust somebody who you disagree with. You can trust somebody who votes differently than you do if you know that they're well-intentioned, if you know that they're honest and trustworthy and they have, you know, your best interest at heart. And we know, you know, one of the fundamental pillars of journalism in newspapers is for them to serve as advocates for the public, to hold the power to account on behalf of the people. And the way that a lot of newspapers conduct themselves nowadays is that they see their role as, you know, holding the people to account on behalf of the power and advocating the interests of the powers that, that they favor as opposed to the interests of the public. So, you know, the Sun is a newspaper that shines for all. It's a newspaper that for nearly 200 years has paced principle over politics, party, and personality. It's got an eye to history. It's got fundamental ideals that are American ideals, that are constitutionist ideals, uh, and, you know, any reader over some period of time will see quite clearly that this is a paper that has values and uh, can, can be trusted to stick to them through good times and bad, as it has done over over its long and illustrious history. And its first and primary value is to shine for all and understand that its role is not to serve as an advocate for a particular party or political interest, but for the American public and the American people. How does the funding model work for um, operating the, the sun? 
But the Sun is a digital subscriptions business. So it's really the same direction that a lot of newspapers are headed in, including, let's say, the Wall Street Journal and the New York Times. But it's really kind of like the Netflix model. I mean, we have a uh, unique and original offering in terms of content and uh, community, really. And, you know, we see, of course, a great value in building community around your content, especially for, for newspapers. You know, we want folks to look at the sun and say, that's my newspaper. You know, that's a newspaper that's got my back. That's a newspaper that speaks to the issues that are, that are really important to me and to my family and it will make a difference to the future of the country. And, of course, you know, in order for us to be able to keep delivering that and to deliver more of it and better, you know, we need to have, you know, the support of our readers and of the public. But it's not that different, as, you know, to how it worked when things are in print. You can pay a small amount on a monthly basis and uh, support the paper and, of course, have, have access um, to everything that the paper has to offer. So the subscriptions start at 12 bucks a month, or you can get a, a discount with an annual subscription, 120 bucks a year, and then they go up from there. We have a slightly higher tier where you can get the crossword and access to various podcasts. And then we have a founder tier, it's 2500 a year, and that includes access to... Uh, weekly conference calls with our editors and also monthly events and some very uh, historic and rare signed memorabilia um, that uh, founding members can get as well. Let's talk about content a little bit and where that comes from because news gathering has changed dramatically with the fall of, of local newspapers. The, I, I remember them when I was a kid, the, the paper of record. You know, every every city had at least one that was a, a daily paper, and that's where you went for um, if you heard a headline on the radio or saw a newscast on television and you wanted to know more about a story, there were these in-depth articles in the daily newspaper, and that's where you could find out, um, <laughs> as Paul Harvey used to call it, the rest of the story. Um but nowadays, um, some younger reporters don't don't have the contacts that reporters did um, some years ago. Um, but more importantly, there aren't these um, credible news outlets feeding the big national papers the way there used to be. Yeah, I mean that's. The, the, that's interesting, and certainly that dynamic between local and national newspapers is one that is uh, is challenged. Um, you know, in terms of our beat, we put a lot of focus on bringing the the sharpest minds to the table. You know, we know that uh, the value of any newspaper is not measured in market cap or cash on hand. It's measured in the hearts and minds of its editors and its journalists. You know, there's an old story. Um, in um, a book called The Story of the Sun. It was written in uh, 1918 by a fellow called Frank Michael O'Brien. So it was the first biography of the Sun written 85 years after it was founded. And it describes the newsroom of the Sun in those days. Um, they had, you know, a big building. It was sort of a warehouse-like feel with a bunch of desks there. And he, he, he writes that the only adornments in that room were men and their genius. 
Um, it was just <laughs> a bare, basic room. And, you know, we've put a lot of focus on, on taking that approach to things. Before we, we launched The Sun, we interviewed probably about 300 people um, from whom we selected, you know, a handful of the very, very best and brightest. Um, but the kind of people that we have on staff, you know, obviously our editor, Seth Lipsky, is a, is a giant... I mean, there is there is a significant percentage of of um, the country's most prominent journalists that, and editors that trained under Lipsky at one time, either at the Wall Street Journal or the Forward or the Sun, which are the other newspapers that he that he ran before he relaunched the Sun. Um, Caroline Veek, our associate editor, spent time at the at the Pentagon and the National Security Council. John Seeley is our news editor. He used to run the Metro section at the Wall Street Journal. Um, you know, we have Ivy League graduates, Oxford graduates. Benny Avni spent, uh, has spent decades covering the United Nations. He's our chief foreign correspondent. He's the dean of the United Nations Press Corps. We have uh, Don Kirk down in, in, uh, in Asia, in East Asia, covering uh, Korea, North Korea. Um, you know, he's been at it for, for quite some time. So we have a, a healthy mix of bright new young talent and very established and uh, respected old hands. But, you know, really, if you look at the group that we brought together, um, these are not just, you know, a couple of folks out of school who can tap out 10 stories a day. You know, these are serious experts, thoughtful fellows, you know, people who uh, are, are, are very well qualified to package, expound, explain, deliver the news to our public in a way that's going to be helpful and thoughtful, valuable and worthwhile for the, for the reader, for our readers. Dovid, I get a little frustrated sometimes when I go to look up a story, uh, you know, something I've heard is, is going on and I want to read something about it, and I get to uh, a newspaper, sometimes pretty well-known newspapers, and the story ends up being a collection of photographs that are ultimately clickbait. You know, if you go through all of the photographs and read the yeah. captions, you've actually clicked on that site 18 times, and you know, instead of just looking it up once. How, yeah. how do you measure response to the, the content of the sun? Yeah, I mean, you have a lot of publications that are driven by clicks, you know, the, the publications that you're talking about, most of them are supported by advertising dollars. And, you know, you're successful with advertising revenue depending on the kind of clicks that you get. We're not supported by advertising dollars. And, you know, the most important metric for us is not the number of clicks that we, that we get. Of course, traffic and readership is valuable and important. But we're supported and funded by our public, as we discussed, that's the business model, is those subscriptions. So our focus is more on the quality over, over quantity, and the most important metrics for us are, you know, how many subscribers we have on our email list, and obviously how many um, paying subscribers we have that are signed up on a monthly or an annual basis um, to read the paper and participate in our community. So just to begin with, the model that we have you know, encourages a focus on quality over quantity. And, uh, you know, our interest is bringing in, is in bringing real value to the table 
and not uh, tricking people into uh, in, into into clicking on what uh, you know on a headline and seeing what we have to say, and then just as quickly disappearing and promising never to do that again. <laughs> um, what constitutes quality um, it, it, as it is um, practiced by the sun? I, I joked recently that I get my news from Facebook memes, but but um, but but I was kidding. But in this day and age of of Twitter and you know people getting their information from bumper stickers and tweets and Facebook and that sort of thing. Um, can you can you do a deep dive on a story online and and uh, and attract readers? Is there are there still people like us that want to read the whole story? Yeah, I mean, absolutely. I would say so. Um, you know, in terms of what constitutes value, you know, there's the substance and there's the style. Quality in journalism in terms of the style, you know, is in how it's written. You know, you have writers who can present something in a way that's compelling. You know, the sun really also has a literary component to it. You know, it's a pleasure to read. You know, there's a real, especially in our editorial, a real appreciation for the language and the framing of the language. You know, we even have a, our poetry every day, not that all our journalism is written in the language of poetry, but we do, you know, really have uh, an appreciation for it. Um, and then there's the the substance, and you know, really, when you talk about quality, it's in our ability to bring something new to the table and tell, teach the reader something, something new that they did not know before. And sometimes that comes in the form of a perspective, or historical, or other context, wider context that helps them understand an issue. And sometimes that's you know in the form of of, of breaking news and, and uh, bringing, bringing new information uh, to, to the fore. So, you know, our hope certainly in, in terms of what we're built for is to, to bring a lot of that value to the table um, and, uh, and for readers to see it and appreciate it, understand it, and value it. Is there um, a difference between maybe what people think they want to read and what they need to know? Um, that's interesting. That's interesting. Um, I think, you know, the truth is that for, for, for a long time, you know, if you sort of chart the evolution of newspapers, um, it's gone from, you know, this place where you had a kind of reciprocal loyalty, you know, where your newspaper was kind of your sports team. You know, everybody had their newspaper. I'm a Times reader, I'm a Post reader, I'm a Sun reader. And, you know, they understood that the newspaper was sort of a window to the world, right? And then in recent years, with the rise of, of uh, digital news consumption, uh, we became very promiscuous in our consumption of news you know we're sort of just running all over the place and going through our feed and looking at this headline or that headline um but i think today our sense today is that a lot of people have come to realize the downside of that sort of promiscuity in news consumption where you know you end up with 
a very sort of shallow and uh, um, haphazard consumption habits that you know can be less valuable to people. And of course, you know, there's a lot of things competing for everybody's time, and we want to think about you know how to live productive lives and how to have um, bring value to our day. And what we're finding, I think, is increasingly that people are sort of turning back to the old model uh, where they're looking for a newspaper that is their newspaper, um, that speaks to them, that understands their worldview and their priorities, and they may not agree with everything that it has to say, but, you know, it challenges them and it teaches them things on a daily basis and say, look, I'm not going to just spend hours clicking all over the place and trying to figure out what's real and what's not. You know, I don't have the time for that anymore, the headspace for that anymore. I've got a family, I've got a job. But, you know, these guys are experts in the same way I trust, you know, my doctor or my lawyer or my accountant. Um, these are the journalists and the editors that I want to bring into my life and trust life and trust to, to present the world to me uh, in the most, uh, you know, compelling, valuable, thoughtful, uh, fashion and in a way that, you know, serves for my interests and, and the issues that are on my mind. So uh, in that sense, I think we're at the dawn of, of a new era. And obviously, you know, that's uh, a big part of the vision that the Sun brings to the table is uh, to present the world in that fashion. And our readers, uh, you know, really have that sense of loyalty. They look at it and say, look, this is my team. This is a paper that fights for me and this is a paper that I'm subscribed to, paper that I read. It's a paper I'll read to my family. Um, and it's uh, a paper that's going to be part of my, my, my life going forward. When you, uh, Dovid, when you say that you're bringing back the, the old model, does that include sort of the, the inverted pyramid? And, and, of course, you know what I mean by that. But for listeners, the idea that a news story has the most important facts up front because for years newspaper writing changed a little from that into a more magazine more entertainment format where you know sometimes the leads were were clever ways to you know introduce a story and not necessarily as joe friday would say just the facts man yeah no absolutely i mean you know, our approach, we want readers who click on a story to feel like we exceeded their expectations every time and not to feel like, well, that was a disappointment and a waste of time, which unfortunately is you know, very common. If you're sort of surfing the web and clicking on random things, you're usually going to end up with, uh, with a second sentiment. Yeah, you get done and think, I don't know any more than I did when I started. <laughs> What's that? I said, you know, sometimes it's an experience of surfing the web, and then you get all done and think, I don't really yeah. know anything more than when I started. Yeah, that's absolutely the case. And, you know, our sense is that uh, certainly, you know, the, th the more thoughtful among us, um, want to be a bit more judicious about it and have begun to learn, you know, that there are a lot of actors out there who are just trying to manipulate them and take advantage of them by sort of roping them into something that they're not really interested in. Um, so, you know, these types of relationships 
where you know there's a lot more trust and there's a real more of a back and forth dynamic an integrated dynamic between the publisher and the editor and the newspaper and its readers um it's is is uh, you know we think a dynamic that uh, it's starting to reemerge and and one that we intend to be very much at the forefront of when you're um selecting what things to follow up on to report on to gather information about and and publish about are you influenced by what the other news outlets are covering well we try and keep an eye on you know a lot of what's going on out there and you know it is important for us to be uh, aware of, of everything that's out there. But, you know, for the most part, you know, our interest in what the others are doing is more in the sense of, you know, it helps us understand how we can bring something new to the table. So, you know, if there's something that's already done, if there's an angle that's already been discussed, if there's a story that's already been broken, it's most likely that we'll look at that and say, um, you know, we don't know if we can bring anything new to the table. You know, our goal here is to bring stories and context and angles that you won't see anywhere else that, that are new and that, that are unique and that, you know, even if you do read other newspapers, they need the sun needs to be a part of your day as well. My guest is uh, Dovid Ifun, uh, publisher and chairman of the historic New York Sun newspaper, one of uh, America's historic newspapers recently relaunched as an online daily with national and international coverage and an aim to help restore public trust in the press. Uh, Dovid, thank you so much for spending a little time with me and the listeners this morning. I always give guests... You've got to tell the listeners how to find us. I always ask right? listen, I always ask guests if they can let listeners know how they can find out more about what we've been talking about and and where exactly, Dovid, where the people can find you. No, absolutely. So we're we're easy to get to. It's just nysun.com, www.nysun.com. Um you'll see some of the headlines and hopefully everything we've been talking about here will come to life for you. Um, you'll have a little pop-up that invites you to put your email in there, and that's how you'll start to receive our uh, emails every morning and every evening and every weekend. We've got the morning sun and the, the morning and the, the evening sun and the evening and the weekend sun on the weekend um, just to keep you fresh and updated at all times. So it's nysun.com, www.nysun.com. And uh, once you're signed up via email, receiving the paper on a regular basis, um, then you know, you'll have the opportunity to subscribe as a member, of course. Um, if you're not happy with the news that's out there, be a part of building a better alternative, and, and that's what we're delivering with the New York Sun. Well, David, thanks again, and keep up the good work. Thank you very much. Uh, pleasure to be with you. And with that, we'll have more of the Tom Sumner program straight ahead. <music> From the Tom Sumner Show. Oh, yeah. 
Hello there, citizens. Darkwing Duck here. And every time I'm in Flint fighting crime, I always stop by the Tom Sumner program. Don't forget, stay dangerous. Darkwing Duck out. East Village Magazine is the monthly neighborhood magazine read all over Flint. With support from grants, donations, and advertisers, East Village Magazine's talented local writers give you an in-depth look at local news, issues, and people that make Flint, Flint. Copies of East Village Magazine are available at many of your favorite shops and restaurants around Flint or online at eastvillagemagazine.org. East Village Magazine, community-focused and community-supported. Imagine a journey down a picturesque river. Imagine your Flint River, 142 miles of recreation, natural beauty, and precious resources. The Flint River is a vital resource that is available for all to use and enjoy. The river and its ecosystem provide unlimited recreational opportunities and natural beauty while supporting wildlife in a vibrant landscape. We all have a responsibility to protect and preserve this precious resource. Learn more at FlintRiver.org or call the Flint River Watershed Coalition at 810-767-6490. The Tom Sumner Program plays host to the best political roundtable on radio every Wednesday from 10 a.m. to noon. Armchair Politics features great commentary and analysis about the headlines from local, state, and national politics with an alumni of world-class pundits, plus quotes, tweets, and those weird and wacky stories we call the X-Files. If it's Wednesday, catch Armchair Politics on the Tom Sumner Program. Cloth or disposable? Paint or wallpaper? Yellow or green? Babies come with lots of decisions. Crib or bassinet? Rocker or glider? So when it comes to protection against diseases, go with the safest, most effective choice. Vaccination. To protect your child against 14 serious childhood diseases like measles, meningitis, and whooping cough. That's why nearly all parents choose it. Stroller or carriage, basketball, or soccer. So get all the recommended vaccinations for your baby by age two. For more reasons to vaccinate, talk to your child's doctor. Go to cdc.gov vaccines or call 800-CDC-INFO. Justin or Justine. Immunizations help give you the power to protect your baby. A message from the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention. Hey, why are we stopping? We're going to be late for the show. Mom, Dad, we got to get gas. You're not here, you're not. This place is charging an arm and a leg. Look, these days price swings of 30 or 40 cents per gallon aren't unusual. But when a gas station charges a price way above the price at similar stations, that could be gas gouging. Michigan gas stations sell the correct quality and quantity of gas most of the time. But when a station does try to illegally take advantage of drivers, my office is here to stop them. Stop Attorney Generaling! We got a concert to get to! I hope she doesn't sit next to us. Narc. This is Attorney General Dana Nessel. 
If you have information about potential gas gouging, call my office or go online at michigan.gov slash AG. Put those away. We're at a gas station. This is U.S. Senator Gary Peters, and you're listening to the Tom Sumner Program. This presentation of the Comedy Spotlight on the Tom Sumner Program. It's 8 o'clock in Los Angeles. It's 9 o'clock in Denver. It's 10 o'clock in Chicago. In Baltimore, it's 642. <laughs> for the 11 o'clock report. First of all, the headlines. Welcome Wagon runs over newcomer. Good Humor Man slays 10. Pen Pal stabs pal with pen. Pediatrician dies of childhood disease. And Jacques Cousteau drowns in bathtub accident. We'll be back with full details in just a moment after this word from Cooley's Cigarettes. You know something, Bill? These cigarettes of mine, they taste like crap. (laughs) Say, Dan. (laughs) Crappy taste. Why don't you try the cool, refreshing taste of Coolies? Coolies, eh? You smoke them? Nope, found them in the subway toilet. (laughs) And now back to the news. History's 135th heart transplant operation was performed yesterday in New York City. One unusual note, the heart transplant took place in Central Park at midnight, and the donor's family was not consulted. Dr. Timothy Leary's brother, really Leary, today announced the formation of a new religion which teaches that when you die, your soul goes to a garage in Buffalo. (laughs) Police today arrested Margaret Fulcrum, a 45-year-old unregistered nurse, and charged her with accepting collect obscene telephone calls. Famed television announcer Charlie the Tuna was found dead today of mercury poisoning. (laughs) Sorry, Charlie. Good news from the Far East. No one was killed in Vietnam today. However, three people died of old age at the Paris Peace Talks. (laughs) And former French President Charles de Gaulle rose from the dead today just to show everyone he could really do it. Well, that's it from the news desk for the latest in sports. Here's Biff Barf. Good evening, sport fans. Biff Barf here in the Biff Barf Sportlight Spotlight, picking them up and barfing them right back at you. I call them the way I see them, and if I don't see them, I make them up. No games today. 
However, we do have a few late football scores still coming in from the far west. Guam Prep, 45, Marshall Islands, 14. Mindanao A&M, 27, Molokai, 10. Caltech, 14.5. MIT, three to the fourth power. <laughs> William and Mary, six. Nick and Tony, 105. And here's a partial score, Stanford, 29. Well, that's it, kids. <laughs> That's it from the scoreboard in the world of golf today in the Fats Domino Desert Classic. First round leader Willie Waterhazard had a birdie, two eagles, and a duck this afternoon. <laughs> Meanwhile, the favorite Gary Fairway was way behind, scoring a record 609 strokes on the front nine when he accidentally stepped aboard a bus to Minneapolis while playing a difficult lie from the highway. Well, that's it, sport fans. Join me tomorrow afternoon on the ever-widening world of sports when I'll be presenting the national two-man pall-bearing championships. And next week, I'll be a guest hunter on American Sportsman. Six of us are going to kill a rabbit. <laughs> now, with the latest in weather, here's Al Sleet, your hippy-dippy weatherman. Hey, 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 you call your parson. Al Sleety, hippy dippy weatherman, brought to you by Parsons Pest Control. Do you have termites, water bugs, and roaches? Parsons will get rid of the termites and water bugs and help you smoke the roaches. Present temperature is 68 degrees at the airport which is stupid, because I don't know anyone who lives at the airport. <laughs> Downtown, it's much hotter. Downtown's on fire, man. Now, if you'll take a look at our national weather map, you'll see that we don't have one. So try to picture last night's map in your mind. Remember all those lines and numbers? Weather was dominated by a large Canadian low, which is not to be confused with a Mexican high. <laughs> Tonight's forecast, dark. <laughs> Continued mostly dark tonight. Turning to widely scattered light in the morning. That's it from Al Sleet. Don't forget, if you don't like the weather, move. Thanks, Al. Always a great report from Al Sleet. I think we all know by now, Al's been into the mushrooms. <laughs> well, that just about wraps it up on the 7 o'clock report. Join us again tomorrow night at 9 for the 11 o'clock news. In the meantime, stay tuned for a brand new comedy series, Double Trouble, the story of Siamese twins joined at the lips. <laughs> And the merry mix-ups that occur when one gets married and the other has root canal work the same day. <laughs> Good night, all. This was another comedy spotlight on the Tom Sumner program.
Don't touch that dial. You're listening to Tom Sumner. 